Chad and Zay. All right, let's go hour number three on a Thursday. NBA draft coming up tonight. We've hit a lot of that. Obviously, Wimbenyama starts it off. The Rockets are going to pick four probably after Scoot and Mr. Miller are gone. And then the Mavs have the 10th pick. We'll see what happens. Where do the Thompson twins go? That's been a big part of the discussion today as well. Got to be a crazy night. You talk about a crazy night for a lot of people's families. How about the night for the Thompsons? That's going to be incredible. Um, a lot of other stuff happening as well. Texas recruiting news with a running back. We'll get you that. And then we'll get into the album movie swap. Zay, a lot of times. By the way, I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. He picks out a beat to start every third hour. When we're getting into certain albums, you've gone to those albums. Is this something Dr. Dre or Chronic related? Yes. Okay. This is Deep Cover, 187 on the cop. Mm-hmm. Snoop, Dre, this was their first hit together. Should have been on the Chronic, but even though it wasn't, still a classic album, still a classic song. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. That's good. That's a good beat. That's that's what I was hoping. That's what I thought. We will get into that. Uh, Dr. Dre and the Chronic, as well as tombstone coming up they hadn't seen tombstone i hadn't heard the chronic all the way through and if you are a longhorn football fan and you haven't watched any video on christian clark go check it out running back from arizona a four star and zay i've watched just a little bit just about a minute minute and a half something like that and i get what justin wells was on with us yesterday and he mentioned Bijan. there's an there's there's an arizona reason to do that but i get it come you combo of size and power uh, excuse me, combo of speed and power, big enough to take on some physicality, but then there's a little bit of that, you know, get your balance back and take off. That was one of my favorite things about Bijan, a moment when it when he should have been down. When everything tells you, oh, that's going to be about a 12-yard gain. Oh, no, it's a 38-yard touchdown. Wow. You know, that kind of stuff. He's got He's got a little bit of that balance control that I think will remind you a little bit. He also wears number six. So maybe that oh, helps, man. too, that single-digit thing. Yeah, I like that. I, I think that kind of helps. He wears a six. Obviously, Bijan rocking the five. So uh, Longhorn fans, uh, I think that'll make you smile. That is your latest member of the 2024 recruiting class. Obviously, it's just a verbal commitment right now. But the Longhorns get number six there with Christian Clark, the running back out of Arizona. So we hit that one earlier. We're getting ready for the NBA draft tonight. But we also have the album movie swap discussion. Zay, would you like to go movie or album first this week? Let's go album. Going album with the chronic from Dr. Dre. My goodness gracious. My, my favorite thing about rap is the anger. When it's there, this is one of the angriest albums I've ever heard. <laughs> There is an anger under this thing. I get it. I get it that there are songs with a lighter feel. I get it that there's a song, this song's about pot, and that song's about pot, and this is a, it's a chill vibe, but do not let it fool you. This is an angry record, and it comes out right away with the introduction of Snoop Dogg, the reference. There is an easy e Diss in what is it? Twenty seconds? Oh man! It does not take long. They do easy wrong. They jump easy e so fast on this album. Um, there are big time hits on this album. I can see why. I remember the videos starting to happen 
with this album and others, I can see why this helps set the standard for, no, no, this can cross over. This can go really mainstream. And when you have, you know, Snoop Dogg with the, it's like this and like that and like that. And and it's like, it, <laughs> yeah, ma- it yeah, makes yeah. you move. It puts you in a mood. It makes you smile, even though a lot of the content is dark and angry. It's presented in such a way that I can see how this changed the game. And Zay, this has got to be, this is everybody's introduction really to what a Dr. Dre beat can be. And there's just legendary stuff on this album. There's three or four that will live forever. Yeah, you talk about it being an angry album. Dre was really angry at the time. Like, really angry. And a lot of that came from how he felt he was treated on his out of N.W.A. And how Jerry... Lawler or Jerry Lawler or whatever his name was who Not was, Jerry Lawler. Not no, Jerry no, that's Lawler. the Jerry, wrestler. Uh, Scott, Jerry. Yeah, I can't. God, you know what I'm talking about. Jerry something. Yeah. But he was the owner of Ruthless Records with mm-hmm. Easy E. And they host Cube and Dre. Jerry Heller. Jerry Heller, thank yeah. you. Yep. They host both of those guys. So yeah, Dre had a lot of anchor oh, on this album. Oh yes, he did. And they created G Funk, man. Like taking old school funky beats that weren't necessarily like James Brown, but more of a Boosie Collins and mixing that with samples and hearing just creative things like nothing but a G thing, which might be the greatest song of all time. And like up there with today is a good good day. And it's just an absolute classic. How Snoop and Dre met each other was crazy because Warren G and Snoop were always friends. And that's Dr. Dre's stepbrother. So mm. Warren would always go to Dre and be like, yo, my homie Snoop, he's up next. And Dre was like, nah, I can't really. I got this NWA thing going on. It just ain't time. So when Dre went by himself, he was like, you know what, Warren, bring that Snoop guy in. And the rest was history. So mm. I absolutely love this album, just like Illmatic was and how everybody kind of puts it up there as one of the grades and mm-hmm. a staple of what hip-hop albums should be, and every great hip-hop album that comes out, it's compared to Illmatic. This is the same way with The Chronic. Every great album that comes out, it gets compared to The Chronic, especially West Coast album. I don't know any West Coast rapper that says this wasn't an influence on their life, and yeah, like the videos were on point. He had the radio hits. He had the thuggish stuff, crazy Compton stuff. And then he talked about things that it might have been aggressive but needed to be talked about in a day the N-bombs took over, Uh which was about the Ronnie King riots. Yes. So, yeah, it gives you a little bit of everything, and it's a classic album. It really is. There's Yeah, there's some really good stuff on here. I I always judge an album by what's later on the album. There are officially 18, no, 16 tracks on this album. The last song, ladies, if you have not heard the last song on The Chronic, I mean feminist anthem of all time. (laughs) B-words ain't S-word. Oh, man, I can't even say it or I'd get fired probably. That's how nice a song it is. Um, But the song The Roach, the chronic outro, the fact that that's the next to last song on the album tells me how good an album it is. Yeah. Because that's still a really nice, catchy song. Stranded on Death Row is interesting. Lyrical, The lyrical gangbang is great. The $20 sack pyramid, some humor in the middle oh, of the that's album. that's hilarious. That's the one part of the album that's not viciously angry. Right. You know, it just kind of, but I mean, 
Rat Tat Tat Tat, an incredible song. Uh, the N Word with a Gun, right before that, a really good song. Snoop, and then the fact Snoop, who has always been fascinated with a lot of the same rhymes, but also fascinated with, you know, some uh, explicit sexual discussions, let's say. Explicit sexual content. Whether it's a sex discussion or you're trying to make fun of another man discussion, Snoop really enjoys that side of things. So, uh, yeah, the I, I saw a Wikipedia thing today that said D's and then a disambiguation thing. For, hey, if you're looking for that, there's a lot of different things you could be looking for. Right. And I thought, yeah, Snoop kind of gets credit for some of that in, in, in a way. Um, yeah, it is it is something. There's all kinds of great, obviously great folks on here, not just Dre and Snoop. Nate Dogg's on this album. Was Nate Dogg a big deal before this album? No. So it's kind of his intro. Kind of, yeah. Yeah? But he, obviously, he became really big when Warren G and him dropped Regulate a couple of years later. Okay, so Zay, the highest grade, you are the hard grader, so the highest grade I think you've given any album, rap or otherwise, I got you with like a 8-7, I think it's the highest you've gone with anything. Really? Maybe into the 9s. I, I think I went with the 9s with Filmatic. I think you might have. Maybe A Tribe Called Quest too. Yes, I think, yeah, you did, right. With A Tribe Called Quest and Illmatic. Yeah. So where would you go? Because I think, yeah, you were right around where I was on Nas. I think I overplayed Tribe Called Quest a little more than you did. Where would you put The Chronic? So one thing that needs to be known, Dr. Dre didn't write all his lyrics ever. From his NWA days, where Cube did a lot of that for him and Easy, to this Chronic album where the DOC, who's from Dallas, who could have been a big-time rapper, but had his throat, like, shattered in a car accident, so he talks like this. Ugh. And he made that song, It's Getting Funky, It's Getting Funky. So he did majority of Dre's lyrics, and I have to take a few points away from Dre on that. Even though Dre's delivery is great, his voice is great, he did majority of the production, making the beats and stuff. Uh-huh. Snoop wrote his lyrics. Dre didn't write all of his. Uh-huh. So I'm going to give it 9-0. If cool. Dre would have wrote his lyrics, it might have been a 9-5. It's a 9-0 for me. Going 9-0. Okay. Um, by the way, can you tell me in the, uh, I guess it's in the song, is it... Uh... It's either in that second song. <laughs> I love how I can't say these titles out loud or I'm going to get fired. Uh, it's either the second song or maybe nothing but a G thing. When they're talking about rolling in the 6-4, what's the 6-4 reference? Um, it's a Chevy. Okay. It's a Chevy. Gosh. What Chevy? Impala. Six oh, that's four a reference. Impala. Like a 6-4 like liter? Like 6.4 liters maybe? I don't Reference no, to the like engine? Six, or? No, like 6-4 the year it came out. Oh, a 64. A 64. I see what yeah. you're saying. Okay. All yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, Impala. That's all right. what they're talking about, low rotting. I'm going to go 6.4 plus 3. I'm going to go 9.4. Okay. 9.4 for the Chronic. That would put it right underneath the Tribe Called Quest and right alongside of the Nas album for me. See, yeah. that One thing the Nas album didn't have that the Chronic had was just the club radio bangers. Right. I, I, I got it a notch. One notch above. I got 9-4 yeah. versus 9-3 is where I had Nas. But then again, Nas ain't have no help. 
That's like true. Dre, if Dre didn't have Snoop on this album, it might be yeah. a seven. And that's an interesting point. I'm just grading it for what it is. Yeah, I'm yeah, grading the right. album for what it is and the feel of everything. So right. I'm, I'll go nine four. All right. So there's your album of the week, the movie of the week. Zay had not seen Tombstone, so are you just gonna stand there and bleed? You gonna do something, or are you gonna stand there and bleed? Zay, Christmas Day, 1993, is when this movie came out. It grossed 73.2 million dollars. What did you think of Tombstone? It was so dope. <laughs> there were so many moments where I had to rewind that thing because I was like, "Oh, I can't believe that just happened." When Kurt Russell as Wyatt, uh huh. When he smacked Billy Bob Thornton three times, Chad, Woo! I almost lost it. Front hand, backhand, Yo, and another front that hand. That was so disrespectful. <laughs> then took over, then took over and said, nah, man, we going to be the ones that are getting money out of here. Uh-huh. We going to take care of your problem. Yeah. Smack the crap out of dude. And that set the tone. Yeah. That set the tone. I mean, Kurt Russell, who, again, doing two years of Bucky and Aaron. He couldn't look more like Aaron Hogan to me. They're obviously completely different people and talk different, but they look very similar. We need Aaron to grow the mustache for Halloween. He might be able Yo, to pull off the Kurt Russell Wyatt. Or... He might be able to. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> it's That's very, funny. very eerie, but pretty cool at the same time. Just seeing Ian all his mannerism and facial expressions out the years, and watching Kurt Russell and stuff. They look very similar, but I thought Kurt did an amazing job. Interesting story on Wyatt Earps. I mean, I didn't know that they're about fifty movies on him i didn't know he was that iconic yeah there's a lot of wyatt Earp treatments out there it's crazy a lot of folks love Wyatt. didn't know that i didn't know it was like based off of a true story kind of yep oh yeah didn't know that at all Mm -hmm. actually Wyatt Earp's like the third his fifth cousin was in the movie really so he was like telling them yeah this happened yes this didn't happen this and that kurt russell he was behind a lot of the directing I didn't know that. I didn't know that story either, that he kind of claims he directed the movie. Yeah. The first director was over his head that wrote the screenplay. They kicked him out, brought in this George P. Cosmatos guy, and then Kurt Russell, and then even, I think I think Val Kilmer even kind of backs him up, that he did a lot of, he's not the official director, obviously, but they say he did a good bit of it. Right, and yeah. Kurt Russell says that. In order to gain the respect of his fellow peers and actors who were a part of the movie, he said he cut out like 15 scenes that he was in. Wow. So he said, you know what? Even though I'm the main character, I know this might be too much of me and not enough of everybody else. And that was one of the best parts of the movie. The bad guys, Ringo and my man, um... Billy oh, Curly Bill Curly Bill was Curly a Bill G. he was a G went out there drunk as hell just shooting random stuff mm. that was wild and you're right Chad Val Kilmer made the movie the southern accent how the, great is he I man I mean just how him and old girl gripped the hell out of those dudes at the poker table early in the movie gripped the hell then he killed them just like that was drunk the whole movie sweating his ass off Still killing the role. If I thought we wasn't friends, I wouldn't know what I would do. (laughs) (laughs) Every line he delivers so perfectly. This dude 
Val Kilmer was so in his bag and so locked into this role as Doc Holliday, the scene where he's dying at the end and he's shivering stuff, yet sweating his ass off at the same time, uh -huh. he had bags of ice under him. So he could really get an authentic shiver Dang. that like he was cold and was really bought into the actor in the scene. And it's just like, dude, what these guys do to make the movie is incredible. Like, I wouldn't even think of anything like that. Right. Like, I got to make it look authentic. So let's put ice all around the bed yeah. under me so I could show how cold the I TV, am and yeah. sickly that he was, which I always wondered, like, man, why is he always sweating? And I got, oh, yeah, he has a disease. Right. Like, something is seriously wrong with him, but he's still good enough, and him and Wyatt are so cool that he's saying, yo, F my sickness, you're my guy, I'm going to help you out. Yeah. It really is a great friend movie in a way. It's a, it, it, They kind of made that movie, they decided to really focus in on that relationship. And, yeah, I mean, the, what's the last thing he says to him, right? Thanks for always being there. Yeah. I mean, and the, the way Kilmer plays that last scene, the cry and the tears and get out of here and if you ever love me, leave. And it's just, yeah, I get pulled in every time I watch Tombstone. And not many actors have dominated the Western movie like just seen like Sam Elliott has. Elliott's great. Like, yeah, he's awesome. I I didn't even know he was in this before mm -hmm. I watched it. I was like, oh, this makes sense because me and my wife we watched The Ranch well before Hyde started doing what he did. But oh, had Ashton see, Kutcher I never and, watched it. Okay, yeah, Ashton Kutcher was the son of Sam Elliott, and they owned a ranch. I don't know if it was in Yellowstone or something, but it was a pretty funny show, and Hyde's crazy ass. Mm, he was in it, yeah, and he okay. messed it all up. Okay. But then Sam Elliott was also in one of the Yellowstone uh, uh, spinoffs, and he's great in that. I don't know if it's 1883. I don't know which he one He might be in that one, right, with Tim McGraw with Tim and Faith Hill. Yes. He's he, in that one, I He's think. great in that. Yeah, so I'm sure when he it is. comes to anything Western, Sam Elliott's on point. Um couple of questionable things happen. Just Wyatt just so willing to cheat on his wife with <sighs> Josephine. Yeah, they really try to lean into that sickness with her, don't they? Uh, they try man. to make you believe she's some kind of opioid addict or something. Yeah. Like, hmm, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, yeah. I get it. She was on the opioid, but come on now. Like, oh, girl, she just got in town. Dude, when Doc Holliday says, oh, my apologies, why you're an oak. Yo. <laughs> and then later it comes back when he says, oh, I'm an oak, all I'm right. An oak, all right. And he goes riding off after her on the horse. Man, it's so, it's so good. It's bad and good at the same time. I mean, again, you're just, it's like with the chronic. Like, you have to realize what you're doing here. It's There's a lot of high-level machismo stuff. You got to keep that under control. Uh, there's... There's, uh, there's a lot of craziness to it, and Tombstone is full of craziness. All right, Zay, so uh, movie-wise, just like the albums, you can be a tough grader. So what's your grade for Tombstone? 8-5. Oh, okay. 8-5. All right. Very impressed, very entertained. Even the fighting scenes at OK Corral, that was iconic, and just the history of Wyatt and Doc Holliday, I, that was cool. You know, just everything, everything was on point. I love that Western stuff. I really do. Like Yellowstone completely changed my whole thought process on, even though that's not like really a Western, but it got me into that whole genre. Okay, interesting. And now I want to see even more Western to see what they're about compared to Tombstone because I've always heard this is the it one. Yeah. This is the one that everyone has to see, kind of like the Chronic and Hillmatic when it comes to Westerns. This is the one that sets the standard for 
everything else that's been done and before that. The next one that pops in my head is, have you ever seen Unforgiven? No. Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman, Morgan Freeman? No. That's a good one to check out, too. Another good modern, right around that same time, maybe a little after that. That one, because Unforgiven got like Oscar love. It was that. It was that good. Okay. Yeah, it went to that. It it may have even taken it to that next level. Um, Interesting. Eight five for Zay. I would definitely put it in that that kind of B range. Maybe it's like you know, I I I would put it in that B range as well. That's fair. Yo, I love cold blooded stuff, man. When that dude Ringo said, "Smell that, Bill." Oh, it's like somebody's dead. (laughs) I said, "Woo." Yeah. Man, that is cold blooded. One of the most popular memes ever is everybody, the meme or GIF, whichever version, is that everybody loves to use the curly bill, the, well, bye. (laughs) People use that for everything now, and he's so good. The guy that plays curly bill, I believe that's Powers Booth, right? Yeah, Powers Booth as curly bill is so fantastic because you got to have the villain right. He's great, and Ringo's great. They're both very threatening. You feel like everybody could die when they walk in the room. And then you realize, wait, nobody's, like, eventually everybody's going to have to bow to, to Wyatt Earp in this movie. Yeah, even Ike, when he was calling those guys pimps, when he was drunk and lost to uh, Doc, Doc Holliday. I was like, oh, y'all just some pimps taking, stealing money, this or that. Y'all ain't so good. And it kind of makes you, you know, mucks your head up a little bit because you're like, who's the good guy here? Yeah. Like, at the end, like, who's the good guy? Because Doc Holliday, little sketchy. <laughs> A little slimy. A uh, little. Yeah, Wyatt out here just cheating on this woman, just leaving this woman, yeah. completely left that girl. Yeah. And then Josephine talking about, I'm rich. You don't need no money. I like men. I, I, why sue me? What do you want from me? You know, like, oh, never seen God. a lady like you. So I like men. And what? That's a wild movie. Wild movie. There you go. Tombstone and The Chronic. If you haven't checked them out lately, December 92 for The Chronic, December 93 for Tombstone. There's our album movie swap for the week. We'll be taking a week off because Zay is taking a week of vacation next week, going on his honeymoon. So we'll be back after that with a more albums and movies and stuff during the summertime here get some discussions in up next it's why today matters the draft coming up tonight is obviously a big reason why today matters we'll get you some basketball stuff plus we're talking houston mount rushmore's you can do a combo of oilers and texans or just do the oilers or just do the texans we'll tell you what people have already given us the thoughts for today who they've put on the list who we put on our mount rushmore's that's all coming up on the horn Chad and Zay. All right, let's go on a Thursday talking NBA draft, a lot of other stuff. NBA news breaking in the last couple of minutes. We will get to that. Zay? Should I know this? Yep. When the f- when it first started, I thought of Outcast. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I heard Andre early on. Yep. We established yesterday I cannot ID Drake, but Andre I can hear. I'm good with that. I'm not as good at Big Boy, but Andre I can hear. Really? Yeah. If you just played me Big Boy by himself, 
and then like you know I, I don't know I'd be able to pick just him out Andre's voice though sticks out to me yeah yeah Andre 3000's voice is very unique he's supposed to be dropping the album this year is that right a lot of people will definitely be looking forward to that but yeah Outcast, Rosa Parks classic oh yeah great stuff Outcast, you two Luther Vandross himself Paula Abdul and Tiffany the Dr. Dre beat earlier in the hour we did talk about the Chronic and Tombstone today there's a lot going on on this June 22nd there's even more reasons why today matters in the NBA let's get right to it why today matters brought to you by sinus and snoring specialist get sinus and snoring relief with dr daniel slaughter at sinus and snoring specialist 512-601-0303 or sinus snoring holy hell looks like it's gonna be one of those nights we already knew about this perspective three-team deal that's uh that that came across last night into this morning that's christophs porzingis to boston and marcus smart to memphis as two of the big parts of it but now zay and the third team is washington Washington getting Tyus Jones, a couple other guys as well. But now, Zay, we're hearing back to another three-team deal. We had heard about the CP3 idea where Bradley Beal ends up in Phoenix, where CP3 ends up in Washington. But the thought was, can they get another team on board to get CP3 to a relevant team? Let's get the update. Yeah, according to Woj, the Washington Wizards are finalizing the deal to send Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors <laughs> for a package that includes Jordan Poole and future draft assets. Wow. That's nuts. So Poole would go back to Washington. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. I mean, goes back to when Draymond Green socked Poole in the eye. Yeah, I was about to say, Poole was the receiver of the punch. Look, I don't think this is a good deal at all for the Golden State Warriors. They got worse with Chris Paul. Jordan Poole is better than Chris Paul at this point. Obviously not career. Chris Paul is one of the greatest point guards to ever do it. But 38-year-old Chris Paul, mm. I like. it must have gotten dark. And they must really be trying to keep Draymond Green, who declined his player option for $27 million, And now this speak This would speak right to Draymond, this correctly. Would, this is Dunleavy. Remember, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Jr. Yeah. is now the GM taking over for the dude who just left. Right. And so this might be him saying, Draymond, we're not going to have any distractions. Yeah. If you had any problem with pool, with op, which obviously you did, we'll get rid of him and keep you because you're, you've been a bigger part to our success over the recent years, which makes sense. Like Draymond Green, he's a Hall of Fame player himself. But, man, Chris Paul at 38 going to Golden State. I did say he needed to be a backup point guard at this point of his career if he wants to play for a team that has championship aspirations. So that makes sense for him. For the Warriors, not so much. But, again, Chris Paul being a backup and Chris Paul being a starter, two completely different Chris Pauls. Like, if you have Chris Paul coming in 20 minutes a game, filling in for Steph Curry, that's solid. I'll take that. But Jordan Poole, man, Jordan Poole, he does some special things. And, yes, he had a really bad postseason, but, man, with the youth that he has and all the money that they just gave him, you thought they believed in Jordan Poole a little more than what they have obviously are showing now. And, clearly, the Draymond Green thing had a lot to do with this decision. 
So just to be clear here, is Woj saying this is done or they're still uh, when it says working it out? Finalizing, I mean still working it gotcha. out. Gotcha. Okay. So still close on the deal, but not official yet, but it's heading that way. That's crazy. CP three may very well end up at Golden State, Jordan Poole in Washington, and then you got those other deals. Also earlier in the show, we talked with Keenan Womack of Orangebloods.com. He says he thinks Damian Lillard might move tonight. And we could get out of this draft with Damian Lillard having a new home. Portland obviously picking third in the draft overall. A lot of people think they're going to end up with Scoot Henderson and then move on from Damian Lillard. What's coming back the other way there? Uh, That's going to have to be some serious, serious compensation for a guy like Damian Lillard. We'll keep our eyes on all of that. Uh, As the NBA draft gets closer tonight, all the crazy suits and shoes and stories. And, hey, there's John Calipari. That's all coming up tonight. Zay's mother will not enjoy that part. No, she can't stand John Calipari for this very reason. One of our our listeners says, uh, Zay, I'm right there with your mother. Uh, He is slicker than his hair. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, you remember how Don Cheney went after him? Oh, Back yeah. in the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was different. I know he had a lot of fire and stuff, but yo, you had to do some very sketchy things for Cheney to go after you like that. As a fight fan, I really wish somebody had let John Cheney get all the way to Calipari just to see what the first couple of moments would have been like. Give him five seconds and then pull him off because he probably would have <laughs> killed him. He had a mindset where give him five seconds, <laughs> just, give me a five count and then pull him off. Oh, man. Because that's a young Calipari now. Oh, yeah. That was a big big age difference. That's old man going to the fight. So I would have given the old man a little deference there. Hey, Coach, Coach, I'm going to give you five. Give me five seconds, and then we'll see what happens. Oh, man. He had that gramp strength. Yeah. And I mean, but when I say pull him off, I mean to protect Calipari. Let me be clear about that. Uh Yeah, I'm not trying to protect Cheney there. Uh, That that wouldn't have been the case. Yeah, Calipari's done some sketchy stuff. You know, we go back to Derrick Rose having some random genius take the SATs for him (laughs) just to get him in the Memphis. Yeah. Like, it's it's real sketchy. That did happen. That did happen. All right, Zay, I found this in the basketball realm today. I figured since the draft's coming up, you might appreciate this. A few birthdays. Um, First of all, Clyde Drexler, 61 today. Uh, 14th pick back in 83. Of course, went to Houston. The other big name that jumped out to me, is Pistol Pete. Wow. Pete would have been 76 years old today. He died back in 88, sadly. But when it comes to Pistol Pete, the numbers usually speak for themselves. Here we go, Zay. He arrives at LSU. Back then, they didn't let you play when you were a freshman on the varsity, so you had to play freshman basketball. Pete Maravich, first game ever at LSU. 50, 14, and 11. That's fun. And then he goes on to his sophomore, junior, and senior years and averages 44, 44, and 45 points a game to set the record. Good. With no three-pointer. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. No three-pointer. No (laughs) three-point line. Just buckets after buckets. He set the all-time record having only three years to do it in and no three-point line. And he loved to pass, too. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like he was just a big-time selfish guy with a Kobe mindset, and he had to get all these buckets. The dude could pass his ass off. 11 assists in his first ever game as a freshman at LSU on the freshman team. That's insane. Yeah, I don't think he gets enough credit. No, he doesn't. You're right. He does not. They There's right. not near enough talk about Pistol Pete. Because his Atlanta days where they were wearing the green and blue jerseys, he ends to get the credit there. I don't think he gets the credit when he was with New Orleans for the Jazz before they moved to Utah and stuff. Like, 
man, he was special. Going back to Clyde, too, man. Like, Clyde, I think he was underrated also because he was always in Jordan's shadow as, like, the second best shooting guard in that era. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have, you know, he just didn't have what Jordan did. And he wasn't as good, obviously, but he was damn good. Yeah, he was. And I I know a lot of people were happy for him once he got traded from Portland to Houston. Probably the greatest midseason trade ever. You could probably throw Rasheed Wallace in there in 04 and then went in with the Pistons and Larry Brown. But what they did in 95, getting Clyde and being the sixth seed, and making that run and beating that MVP David Robinson team and going on to beat those, you know, that really good uh, Orlando Magic team, just sweep those guys. Like, Clyde Drexler is one of the greatest shooting guards and players of all time, but he was always in Michael Jordan's shadow. Yep, no doubt. 61 today for Clyde the Glide. Also, when we were talking Georgia, Mount Rushmore, Champ Bailey was in the discussion. Champ's 45 years old today. Incredible numbers there. Uh, if you want to throw Champ on that Mount Rushmore, I think it's allowed. And uh, today, Zay and I both had the combo Houston Mount Rushmore of Earl Campbell, J.J. Watt, Warren Moon, and Andre Johnson. We had different people throwing out Texans versions, Oilers versions. Some people throwing Bruce Matthews in there instead of Andre Johnson. I get that. Bruce was getting love. Arian Foster got love. For those of you wanting to give Eddie George consideration, one year. That's it. Played every game, and you mentioned it. What did he get, 1,300 yards? 1,300 yards, offensive rookie of the year. He was a stud. I mean, he was one – that's a damn good year. So I guess if you want to grab a hold of Eddie George, we might let you. Fresh off the Heisman. We can't do the McNair. McNair only started six games in two years. Yeah, that's tough. But Eddie was Eddie. So maybe. Yeah, if you want to throw him in, that is a good discussion. Thank you for helping us on that today. The Specs text line is always there for you, 337-3776. All right, coming up, stems and seeds before we get out of here. Ball don't lie. Coming up with Rod and Hards. Don't move. It's the horn. Chad and Zay. All right, about to wrap it up on a Thursday. Just a good, clean, wholesome song to wrap it up today on a Thursday. Why does this song sound familiar to me? Because it was a hit. Yeah? I mean, it sounds a lot like Yin Yang Twins' Whisper song, but it's not that. Okay. Do I know who this is? Nope. No? Okay, who is it? David Banner. Ah, David Banner. Okay. Play. Somewhere along the line, I may have heard this one. I don't know exactly where. It's called Play? Yep. Okay. Zay's got the dance on right now. <laughs> it's such a good groove. It is a good moving song. David Banner, Outcast, U2, Luther, Paula Abdul, and Tiffany all on the show today. The Dr. Dre beat to start the hour. Lots of NBA stuff out there. Um, the Bradley Beal thing is getting finalized today, and wow, there are six second-round draft picks that the Wizards are getting, and then there are four first-round pick swaps involved between Phoenix and Washington. The value of an NBA draft pick has just dropped through the years. My God. I know you can get some stuff late in the draft. We just proved that with Jokic and others. But, Zay, that's a crazy number, man. Like 10 picks they're just reporting in this one story. Yeah. 
And those picks will come back to haunt you, just as the New York Knicks, who yep. were in a big-time trade early in 2011 for Carmelo Anthony, and they gave the Denver Nuggets a whole bunch of picks, and one of those ended up being Jamal Murray. So mm-hmm. the Wizards, they're banking on one of those picks, being a Jamal Murray on Nikola Jokic, just... They have to do a very good job with their scouting and whatever pick that they have in the future, making the right one. We will see if everybody can make the right pick. You think the Spurs are making the right pick, by the way, with this Wimbenyama cat? Yeah, it's too easy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Three of their first-round picks, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and now Victor Wimbenyama, have all been way too easy. Yeah, it seems like they're pretty good at that. Pretty good at that. When they get that good luck, they know what to do with it. Victor Wimbenyama going to go first tonight. Then it's Charlotte. Last pick for Michael Jordan in the first round. Do you think the Brandon Miller pick is what it's going to be? Yeah, I guess. Uh, He's trying his hardest not to go to Charlotte, that's for sure. Uh So we'll see. Oh, I, I hadn't thought about that. Not only the Paul George comments, but he made weird comments about Michael, right? Oh, he's just been hating on Jordan yeah. the whole time. It's yeah. just bizarre. The <laughs> specs text line said, Brandon Miller thinks Clyde Drexler is better than Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he probably does. Yes, he probably does. All right, before we get out of here, let's go stems and seeds. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. NBA draft tonight at 7 on ESPN. Houston picking 4th, Mavs picking 10th. Am I going to be happy with what the Mavs get at 10? Nope. They're both going to be off the board. Everybody I would want's off? Yep. You were talking about Hendricks. I don't know about him. Jarris Walker, I don't know about him. I don't think they'll be available. You might have to think about a Grady Dick or a Jordan Hawkins. Mmm, man. Mm. All right. I'm not even going to finish that joke that you just set up. That's not going to happen. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. If you're just jumping in, again, Kristaps Porzingis to Boston, Marcus Smart to Memphis, and now the reports are CP3 to Golden State. And, Zay, they're not just trying to, like, move CP3. I mean, clear cap space or whatever. They want him, right? Yeah, Chris Haynes on TNT, he said that they're trying to keep Chris Paul and trying to make a championship run with him. So, When it comes to just basketball, Jordan Poole is better, but when it comes to off-the-court stuff and how locked in you're going to be and being a professional, Chris Paul makes more sense. So we know Draymond Green and that incident happened with Jordan Poole at the beginning of the season. They want to keep Draymond, and obviously they don't care about Jordan no more. By the way, three days ago, Dunleavy said they're going to keep Poole. Three mm. days ago. You can't trust nobody oh, in the NBA. Oh, my God. Uh, remember, tonight in the College World Series, if you want to switch back and forth, ESPN2 has another battle between Wake and LSU. Man, I'd like for these to, They can play best of five if they wanted to. My God, they're fun to watch. Wake and LSU tonight, the winner will play Florida in the championship series. So, everybody, enjoy the draft tonight. We'll be back tomorrow for a Friday show. We'll be reviewing the draft. This is going to be a really interesting show. Zay will be reviewing the draft on the day before he goes for vacation. I'll be locked in, y'all. Don't worry. Are you sure? I'll be locked in. Because I don't want you breaking down like the the Nuggets taking Alex English tomorrow. (laughs) All right? I don't want you doing any of that. We'll see how much Zay is leaning and how much Zay is working tomorrow on a Friday. Always one of my favorite shows right before somebody goes on vacation. We'll do that tomorrow. Ball Don't Lie coming up with Rod and Harge. Longhorn Blitz podcast at 7 if you missed it. And no insincerious this week because our man Patrick Davis is on vacation. Y'all be safe. See ya!